Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm your host, Justin Sanders, joined today, like I am every week, by my co-host, John Stefanczyk. John, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. Realize, I mean, we're I mean, basically almost a fourth of the way through the year, yep. two-thirds of March. 2017? Today or tomorrow, the first day of spring. Ooh. Let's see. T- today, recording this on Monday, March 20th. I, mean, I thought it was the 21st, but I was told today was the first day of spring. So I think I saw a... Uh, some random tweet passed through my timeline today from like Oxford police or something that seemed to be saying it was the first day of spring. So let's go, hey, let's yeah, go with course, that. I mean, whoever listens to this is going to be tomorrow. So happy first day of spring. Yeah. Happy. Welcome. Welcome to uh, the springtime. Yeah. Uh, one day, hopefully, you know, spring will just replace winter um, as we continue on this, uh, this upward trajectory of temperature. We can only hope, right? I mean, who likes winter anyway? Yeah. Winter's fun up here. Skiing snowmobiles like you ski to work or you take like your snowshoes no they have plows <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding yeah it was a global warming joke but we'll we'll plow we'll plow right ahead to use your word john um we're gonna talk today about yeah, well, everybody was bitching it was a half-assed winter up here that you couldn't like do any real like cross-country skiing or anything <laughs> yeah well I, I can't imagine complaining about Full that point. but i guess it's I guess when you live up there, you're expecting a certain Look, thing. I'm telling you, you come up here and you get used to like you get you get the right jackets and whatnot for like 40 degree to enjoy 40 degree clear days in March. And you look back, you go, "Why the humidity sucks?" Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we. I, humidity. I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast before, but the thing, the the biggest difference in the north and the south when it comes to weather preparedness is just. I mean, just that, the preparedness. People down here don't own heavy coats. There's not coat racks when you go into buildings. Like, it's just, people aren't conditioned, you know, to put on put on their layers and wear their coat. Yeah, if you dress properly, it really takes a lot of the, the sting out of it. But every time I've ever been to, like, New York City or the Northeast in general, I have never dressed properly, and I've, uh, I've just been thoroughly destroyed by the weather. But still had a great time. Some of my best memories uh, of New York City were in college when we went up there. Uh, for fraternity convention uh, at uh, Yale, and then we you went to New York to, City. Yeah, you went to Yale. And yeah, Yale. yeah, and there was a <laughs> it was a big blizzard right then, and we we had snowball fights in Central Park and stuff. It was so much fun. It was great. Um, not as much fun was was five of us in a Toyota Camry uh, without like working heat driving up there in a blizzard. It was terrifying. Uh, we like we we did not have any traction on the road. Who's for, Camry? Was this? I believe it would be Ben Sloan's. Oh wow! Yeah, great trip though. Very memorable. Uh, we almost slid into a, uh, a toll booth uh, on a snowy road, and and we didn't. And we 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 drove up to it real slowly after that. And the woman inside just looked like terrified. Like, uh, are you you sure you guys want to keep 
driving here. We're just like, well, I guess we have to because we don't know anybody in Connecticut that we can pull over and stop and stay with. So it was, it was good times. One of those things you do when you're uh, when you're mm-hmm. young and probably never again. But I was going to say before this digression, we got a lot to talk about today. A lot of stuff going on in the world of Ole Miss sports. A lot of stuff going on in the uh, the sports world, college sports world specifically, obviously. The first two rounds of March Madness in the books. We got a sweet 16. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. Uh, keep the focus narrowly on Ole Miss here for the first couple segments since, you know, that is our intended purpose. And, I mean, honestly, John, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I wouldn't consider myself much of a sports expert outside of Ole Miss. So we'll leave that stuff for the end of the show. Uh, give the people what maybe we're more qualified to give them. Talk a little bit about Ole Miss's SEC Baseball opening weekend against Vanderbilt. What's up, John? Nothing. Uh, let's see. They won a game against Nichols State in the midweek. Ended up winning that series from Vanderbilt 2-1. Uh, to one. I want to take some credit, John. I believe last week when we were talking about that upcoming series, I did say the two teams were very similar. I think this weekend bore that out pretty well. Um, I would give the edge to Ole Miss when it comes to bullpen. I would probably give the edge to Vandy on offense, especially with how, how bad Ole Miss kind of is right now in a, in a slump. Um, yeah. And I, I would say uh, Jaron Kendall is probably better than any of the upperclassmen Ole Miss has, but they're a really young team too. Uh, they, they, they fought this weekend. Ole Miss actually played really hard, probably saw more fight out of Ole Miss, especially uh, yesterday in that Sunday game than we have since maybe the, the ECU or Wilmington series. Um, it's, it's probably a good sign, John. Uh, I mean, obviously scoring 10 runs, uh, even if it's on a Sunday, even if a lot of those runs are unearned and come at the expense of the other team's defense, uh, it maybe still helps with the confidence, right? It's a Sunday college baseball game, and they, they came back from multiple, run, multiple runs down um, I think three times in that game, which mm-hmm. yeah. really was good. But here's the most important question: What, what were Angie's thoughts on this? Oh man, uh, I mean, you know, we're we're uh, we're mature in our in, in our we're, sports we're relationship. I mean, mean, we would have been either one of us would have been happy if the other team. I think we were both happy that uh, neither Vanderbilt nor Ole Miss got swept open the weekend. Kind of a rarity in the SEC this weekend. I, were we the only? Series, series that wasn't a sweep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's definitely strange, especially in a league that's known for its parity. And it's not just that; it wasn't necessarily what we would have predicted if you had told us that there were going to be all these sweeps this weekend. You had Auburn sweeping Florida, Kentucky sweeping A and M. I think there's another one that kind of shocked me that I'm forgetting. Not Missouri; they're good. Not surprising. LSU's good. Um, Tennessee. Uh, no, I thought that there was another one that was like, huh. Hold on, I got SEC Sports open right the here. The Auburn sweep of uh, yeah. Florida was the That's, moment. That is really weird, yeah. Um, But yeah, no, so I mean, I think, obviously, John's referencing the fact that my girlfriend then, my girlfriend went to Vanderbilt. I went to Ole Miss, obviously, both big sports fans. But I, I mean, it, it obviously, it wasn't. It wasn't a big deal, man. She she understands that their team is, is young, just like our team is. Um, lots of growing pains. Uh, like I said, I I think it was a well-fought series pretty closely contested on both sides. Um, Ole Miss is starting pitching did fairly well. Parkinson had a great game on Friday. I think the final score was one, nothing shut out for Parkinson. Uh, that was like the, what was it? Several, several straight there. 45 45 shutout innings. There you go. Yeah. So that's crazy. And I think if you go back, uh, if you exclude the extra innings from that, 
second Georgia State game. Uh, it was it was like it was like five or six complete games, uh, nine yeah. inning games without a without a run. So obviously something was gonna give there. Um, Saturday Vanderbilt scored five runs. Not a great day for Feigl. Didn't get a chance to watch, but I've read a little bit about it since then. I mean, John, I think I think we're getting to the point now, especially with with Parkinson with MacArthur, excuse me, set to come back this weekend that. In my opinion, I think it's it's time to move Feigl back to the bullpen. Yeah, I think I think I like the MacArthur Parkinson, and then I'm we can TBD it though. There are a few different guys that I'll feel okay with on a Sunday. I think I throw Etheridge back out there. I, I do too. I mean, we'll we'll get to yesterday's game, the Big Ten Eight affair, Etheridge struggled but I thought his stuff was there a lot of the mistakes were mental he would get two outs walk somebody uh throw a curveball over the plate turns into a run stuff like stuff that he is gonna work through as a freshman um Mm -hmm. I I still want him out there I mean before just about anybody probably including Brady Feigl uh as a starter I think he has huge upside and for a Sunday pitcher I think he's plus even as a freshman yeah um, so I, I would be, so we, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll loop back to these Vandy games, but this kind of ties into the upcoming weekend series at Kentucky. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, uh, rotation announced today, kind of interesting at first, but I, I think it can be explained away without actually telling us that much. And what I mean by that is that MacArthur is going on Thursday, Parkinson on Friday, and then we have TBD on Saturday. Um, you, you know, maybe looking at that originally, you think, okay, MacArthur is getting moved up into that ace role, but I think it's a little early to tell that because MacArthur is coming back from two weeks rest. Uh, putting him on Thursday gives you the chance to give Parkinson his full seven days. Um, you're not going to play many Thursday through Saturday series this uh, this season, so keeping Parkinson on the seven-day Friday rotation makes sense. Um, so I, I think maybe maybe that's what's going on. I wouldn't be surprised if Parkinson's back on Fridays. Next week, but we're hoping for a good outing from Let's MacArthur play on Thursday. Thursday, Saturday next week. So, what you say? They do it again? I think they, yeah. Well, then maybe, maybe we will see MacArthur again on Thursday. Then just to keep them all in their one week rotation, that wouldn't be surprising. I mean, I well, I have confidence in MacArthur and be- Parkinson, so not worried. What's up? They've got a bevy of arms. I mean, yeah, a lot of arms. I'm not too. They don't have what I. They don't have a Chris Ellis in fourteen. A Bobby uh, Wall type guy, or a Christian I mean, Trent in fourteen. I mean, yeah. Remember how well, dominant? Remember how dominant Trent was on Saturday. Trent, yeah, he wasn't as good as the uh, he wasn't as good on Fridays in fifteen. Right, but he I was, mean, I, I mean that year he was basically a second ace. He in, was in that Saturday spot. Yeah, he was fantastic. I mean, they yeah. had two number ones that year essentially. Yeah. And obviously, obviously, having the Chris Ellis on Friday makes your job a little easier on Saturday. But still, he was fantastic that season. Yeah. Um, no, I I agree. The starting pitching is is not at the level of that. But even with as good as that bullpen was that year, I, I think old Mrs. Bullpen now might have a slight edge. Even though they're still working out some uh, some growing pains. Maybe we were talking before the show started. Will Stokes really not getting it done at the end of games in high pressure situations. Uh, he came in yesterday with a man on second after Rollison gave up a double. Um, gave up a two-run homer. Uh, just, just don't feel comfortable with him at the end of games. I mean, move him, move him to more of a middle relief role. That's fine. But I mean, the the good news is the Dallas Wolfhook is continuing 
his dominance thus far. I mean, he's he's, he's, he's been he's shut down. Probably, he's probably the best closer. He is the best closer they've had. Yeah, I mean, I, I Laxer was really good. Obviously, Weathersby was a non an unconventional, but uh, he got the Wyatt job done. Wyatt was him good, but yeah. Wolfhook's better. I think Wolfhook and Wyatt are, com- are comparable. They're comparable. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the good news. In addition to, to short, I mean, not short, sorry, Wolfhook, you have a, a lot of talented guys that can come in and eat up innings, whether it's Greer Holston, uh, Ryan Rollison, Connor Green, although we haven't seen him, I don't think since he melted down a little bit against Wilmington, uh, but he is talented. Pagnazzi obviously is, uh, kind of like your, your MLB six starter and the bullpen guy. If someone was to completely self-destruct in the second or third inning, you know, you could warm Pagnazzi up and he could eat up four or five. Um, so a lot of different options there. Still, though, got to figure out the offense. Got a ton of contributions in that Sunday game yesterday. Uh, I think Bianco used everyone on the active position player list at some point in the game. Uh, Cockrell came off the bench to play for his base and had a huge uh, run scoring double. You know, debatable whether it could have been a triple. Uh, this is kind of a funny play. Some sort of a collision between the second baseman and Cockrell. Of course, the cameras uh, at Swayze Field somehow missed it, so no idea what really happened. Um, our friend Will Bedwell was at the game, said it was quite the, quite the collision. I mean, Cockrell's a big old boy. Uh, and Vandy players are no slouches either. So that was something led to a little bit of a, a potential tussle, I guess. Teams coming out of the dugout and, and coaches coming out and talking and all. So that was a that was a fun high energy moment. Um, but a, a lot of contributions. Tim Rowe had a good weekend. Uh, he had a home run yesterday, I believe, and he might have had a might have had another one earlier in the season. I think Dillard hit a home run in the loss on Saturday. So I mean, it's not it's not just those unearned, unearned runs from yesterday. The offense does seem to be waking up a little bit. Um, I really know nothing about Kentucky's pitching, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how much they're able to hold down these young hitters from Ole Miss next weekend, especially in that ballpark, which, as we've talked about, John, uh, pretty favorable for hitting. Yeah, I wonder if the how, how, is the. Is the SEC? I wonder how good they are this year, right? Compared to other conferences, it, it, it seems like it could be one of those years where they're down. I think they have more depth. They might have more depth than last year, but I don't know if they have the. Yeah, top that- I mean, I'm 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 fairly certain the middle and bottom of the SEC could beat the middle and bottom of most other conferences, but yeah. I think they're going to beat up on each other a lot. I, I'm not sure. I mean. Missouri and LSU, I would say, look to be the best teams in the league right now. Uh, Missouri has dominant pitching. LSU has dominant pitching and uh, dominant offense. Uh, LSU looks to be the clear best team in the league, although we've only had one weekend of league play, obviously. We'll get a lot of good comparisons as the season goes on. But um, I I would agree when you look at the last couple of years where it seems like the SEC has had four or five teams vying for a national seed. It definitely seems to be a little bit younger, uh, and not quite at that point yet this season. Especially with a team like Florida, kind of a perennial power, getting swept by upstart Auburn. But Sonny Galloway is only his third season, I want to say. Is he even still the coach there? I can't remember. I think he might have gotten fired. Didn't. I think he got fired now that I say that. They fired the state 
bullpen coach previously. Yeah, that sounds right. Or was that Alabama? Hold on, I'm searching. Uh, no, 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 that was definitely Auburn. Yeah, uh, no, so he, he's not the coach. Galloway is not the coach anymore, so let's try to figure out who he was. They had, isn't it Butch something? Butch Thomas? Man, Butch, Butch Thompson, I believe. Oh, yeah. That was close. Yeah. So, so Auburn has State's old hitting coach as their head coach. Mississippi State has LSU. Was it their their pitching coach, I think? Yeah, okay, so it was State's hitting coach. State's hitting coach. And then LSU's pitching coach went to State to replace Cohen, who's busy being the AD, very important job. Yeah. Strange, strange days. It'll be it'll be fun to see uh, State play LSU and see Auburn play State. That should be fun. Uh, State got swept at Arkansas. I don't think we mentioned that one. Uh, any other? What the other sweeps that we? Uh, let's see. SECsports.com is not is not being great to me right now. I, I remember it from last season as being much more helpful than this. Let's see. Okay, we're going back in time. Uh, I'm just rankings here. I mean LSU's fifth. This is D1 baseball. LSU's fifth in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, I think they're the best team right now. Carolina's eight. Florida's 11th after getting swept. And Ole Miss is 14th. They're the fourth highest ranked team in the league. Which I think Baseball America or someone had them as high as, like, number eight today. I think Ole Miss is – they're going to be they're gonna be up and down, hot and cold because of the youth. Because think, of the offense. I think the pitching should be fairly stable. I agree. They pro- – We'll see. They're going to be kind of on the. They're, they're not national. They're not a national seed, unless they just get really. Unless they just pitch their head. I mean, I don't think they're a national seed. I think they're a regional host contender. I think so, and and I think uh, I think the goal for Ole Miss this season. I know I said earlier in the year the goal was a national seed, but I mean that can still be the goal. But obviously, the real goal is just. Play tough, get a lot of game experience, um, and just build your chemistry for the next couple seasons because you don't there lose a ton. Ever, there was ever going to be an Ole Miss team that was a two seed that went made some real postseason noise. That's true. This, this is probably it. I, I still think Ole Miss probably host if they finish something like 17 and 13. Uh, I, I, yeah. bet, I bet if the league is – down a little bit as we're perceiving after only the first weekend, I will say. But if that does if that does turn out to be true, I, I would expect Ole Miss gets one of the four or five SEC hosting spots, just from what I've seen so far this year. Obviously, all the SEC teams recruit at a really high level, so I really don't want to write anybody off this early in the SEC season. I mean, you can always, people can always get hot. They have the talent for that, especially a team like Vanderbilt that has – Talent, tons of pieces, made unforced errors in a lot of the in the games against Ole Miss, and that, a lot of that led to their demise. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, they got a guy like Kyle Wright leading their rotation. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a team like them uh, get hot down the stretch. I think there are several others that probably could also do it. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens in the league. I, I think right now Ole Miss is in pretty good shape. I, I saw they have something like eight top 25 wins i want to say so i mean that's a great stat this early in the season especially for a young team like we're talking about yeah um i'm looking i got the scoreboard to work for me finally looking through here yeah i mean i just want to reiterate how shocked i was by kentucky going to college station and winning three games i mean that's that's the last thing i would have predicted it sounds like a&m's not the team they were last year is that 
What'd you say? I'm sitting here. Uh, so I'm, I have the golf channel on and the tournament, the PJ tour tournament this week is mm-hmm. what is known as the Dell match play. So they're playing 60 top 64 players in the world are doing a match play tournament. Okay. What they're doing right. What they're doing right now is they're having this like a, basically like this lottery ball thing where it's, it's a random draw, like one through 16s in a pool then 17 through 32. So it's not, it's not just strictly, they have they have sixteen brackets of four that mm-hmm. play that play round robin the first three days, so they're basically the brackets are being randomly created right now. And they just brought Mac Brown on the stage to like hit uh, the button. Oh my god, Mac it's, Brown! What a what a legend, man! What a what a perennial sports figure Mac Brown is. Texas is all drunk on itself still. It's hilarious. Uh, um, no, I was gonna say, did you see? Uh, I guess what Tiger's promoting, like his book okay, about the Tom Masters Herman, or something. I thought that was Tom. Tom Herman is on the stage with Mac Brown right now. Oh man, wow, that's 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 him. awkward, right? That's got to be awkward. Herman, where's Charlie Strong? Is Charlie Strong? <laughs> I mean, this is God. This is disgusting. Where did where did Charlie Strong go again? Uh, somewhere in Florida, is that right? South Florida, right? South Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He re- he replaced Tiger. He's good at football games there. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, he's gonna recruit really well for South Florida standards. No doubt about that. Uh, Charlie Strong will, will have two good years at South Florida, and then oh, what job's he gonna get? Ooh, see, I you know I was kind of thinking Charlie Strong would be good for TV. Honestly, what do you say? Did LSU Orgeron flames out? It could be nah, Auburn. Nah, nah, dude. I mean, act, you know. Given the ineptitude of, of LSU's administration at times, maybe they would try like a, a failed Texas retread, but I feel like he's going to have to do a lot at South Florida to make a, a jump to an actual established school. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up somewhere like Louisville or, you know, like a like a good a good program, but not a perennial power. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, who knows what happens in college football, man. It's a wacky world. I feel like I am not qualified to uh, – Make any predictions uh, as to what's going to happen there because I don't even know who's going to be the coach of my team next season, but we'll find out. Um, let's see. What else do you, what else do you want to say about baseball, John? Did I, did I mention they got a, a game against Memphis uh, on Tuesday night? Might be listening to this on Tuesday, maybe after, but uh, at AutoZone Park. Um, honestly, expecting a very hard-fought game. Memphis uh, puts a lot into it every time they play Ole Miss, and Pretty much any sport, but basketball. Um, probably be a decent crowd. It's a great park. I, I love AutoZone. Really cool place. Um, I, I love I love the the downtown ballpark, especially one where you enter at street level and then the the seats are kind of down a little bit. Um, you know, kind of dug in. I, I love that. That's so great. Um, so that'll be fun. Probably not. Hate playing Memphis and anything, but uh, headed to Kentucky on Thursday. A lot of baseball to be played this week. Uh, some basketball as well. If you you want to talk about the NIT, John. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the basketball summary. Typically, you give the high level summary. I'll, All right, I let's take. Let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. So Ole Miss wins 85-80 in the Carrier Dome against Jim Beheim, who apparently agreed to an extension beyond the greater than one year. A lot of people were thinking he might retire. This be his last year. But yeah, I mean, he looks pretty old. Jim Beheim's going to keep on. Good win for the team. I mean, yeah, it's big not, time. Not to say tournament, but 
for this group to still give a damn and go on the road, win a game like this against a quality Syracuse team, I mean, a lot of people had them as the last team out of the tournament. Yeah. Quality team in a really tough environment. It, it's good for this group. A lot of it comes, a lot of them come back as a result. They actually are now hosting Georgia Tech tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, good, good for the school, good for the program to get an extra home game, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. solid. If they win, they go to uh, Madison Square Garden, which would be good. Yeah, who's 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 left? Let's let me pull up the NIT bracket other than us and Syracuse. I couldn't tell you Georgia Tech. I mean, yeah, I got, I'm pulling it up. Um, oh, Passner at home with whipping Passner's ass would be fun. Yeah, so. I, I'm not a I'm not a fan of uh, Jason Passner, so He's I'm looking forward to. It. Waste of time for Memphis to play in basketball, which is like so. Um, so it looks like, uh, in addition to Ole Miss and Georgia Tech, actually, yeah, okay, this was updated today. So, okay, so tonight, the being Monday night, uh, if you listen to this, these games are probably already over. But Illinois State's playing UCF, Texas Arlington playing Akron, Boise State playing Illinois, and Cal State Bakerfield playing Colorado State. So half of those teams uh, will move on to Ole Miss, Georgia Tech, TCU, and Richmond's level, which I guess would be the uh, the fake Elite Eight that Ole Miss is in right now. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I assume TCU is decent. Uh, I don't know a ton about these other teams. Colorado State, maybe I've, I've heard a little bit about. Uh, I don't know, man. It's the NIT, but still, I mean, for a young team, it's it's first of all valuable game experience, especially in an environment like the Carrier Dome, where I'm sure if you follow Ole Miss accounts on social media, you saw the the stat that was being uh, sent out a lot. That is only 18% of visiting teams win in the Carrier Dome, so. Big accomplishment, great to get that experience for the guys. But uh, it's also a big confidence boost, I'd say, for these young guys, especially guys like Terrence Davis, um, Brian Tyree, guys that are hoping, we're, that we're hoping are going to have productive off-seasons and be uh, above-average contributors next season. In the case of Terrence Davis, you know, hoping for a leading scorer out of him next season. So getting them the extra game reps is super valuable. And I mean... Obviously, there's still a long way to go before. I mean, Ole Miss still has to win a game even to make it to Madison Square Garden. But if Ole Miss was to win the NIT, uh, not finish the season with a loss, I mean, you got to think that's going to carry the team into the offseason with a good bit of momentum. Even if they don't, uh, I, I think a win tomorrow night and getting to go to Madison Square Garden, travel good or New York, uh, would be a really good experience for them. So I, I think it's all positives. Um, props to uh, – uh, we haven't said this much – lately john but props to bjork um making for making sure that that all this happened i mean I, I you can turn down nit invitations but i think with this team they made definitely made the right decision uh to participate so good stuff there um happy with it excited to watch georgia tech game tomorrow excited to play another home game glad that size and uh rasheed brooks get get to have this to end their career um yeah that's almost- nice Pavilion. I think this is the kind of kind of, if they win tomorrow and they get to the final four, regardless of what happens in New York, the NIT final four, not the final four, final four. Mm-hmm. They, I think it's something they can build on going into next year. Let's call and deal. Take of his roles. Let Burnett get healthy. Tyree's going to be the point guard. That's going to be a big 
big plus. Everybody knows that going in, and then they can build from there. Mm-hmm. No, it's 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 a good opportunity for sure. Um, I mean, I I thought AK came out looking a little better than 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 Bayheim. Obviously, I mean Bayheim is saying you know my players didn't execute my zone right all of that stuff but uh i i don't know man i was a little i was a little surprised by the way he acted down the stretch he, he was getting upset about calls that actually on replay turned out to be good calls he, he called a timeout at one point just to kind of grandstand and make a point of of trying to get one particular ref's attention um i mean it, it I, to me it looked like when the buzzer sound that he pointed at that ref but he could have been pointing to someone else he looked he looked angry. I mean, I you lost by five points at home. It's not because of one foul call on the floor. I will say I like the uh, the rule changes they're trying out in the NIT. Um, the 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 basically four quarter team foul rule I think should be implemented next season. I mean, it really helps the game flow. It also adds a little wrinkle of strategy. Um, you know, when your team is coming up on the 10 minute mark where the team foul is reset and you only have one or two, it's a, you see some, uh, they called it, the announcers in the game called it a, a Euro foul, but you, you see some of the, uh, the mid court fouling, fouling on uh, fast breaks, stuff like that. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't mind it. I, I think it adds a mental element. Um, and of well, course I like less free throws. What's up? Expose my ignorance here. What the hell are they doing in the, in the NIT with this? Okay, What's so the- let's see. In a in a normal college basketball game, you get seven team fouls per half before the single bonus, nine before the double bonus, right? So yep. in the in the NIT, and I, I could have the foul number off by one direction here, but I'm pretty sure what they're doing is the first ten minutes you get three team fouls, and then they get or maybe four team fouls, and then they get two guaranteed shots. There's no more one and one for four flat for for floor fouls, yeah. uh, and then it resets after the ten minute mark, um, and that's pretty much how it works. Does that make sense? So basically, they're just breaking it into ten minute segments. And basically, they're moving towards what every other level of basketball already has, which is four quarters of play. But they're not actually doing it. They're just. They're trying to take the advantages of the four-quarter system, meaning less time at the free throw line, more leeway for teams, um, and the yeah. reset of the fouling, but without actually having the quarters. They had like two bad minutes at the beginning of the second half, just screwing up the – Yeah. I, right, right. I, I, I like it. It helps the games move along. Yeah, that makes, no, that makes plenty of sense as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, so I, I would like I would like to see that next season. Uh, keep the game. So how many along. Ole Miss message board threads are there talking about how they had to change the uh, change to the quarter system for Kennedy to win games or something? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Ole Miss message boards and Andy Kennedy in general, not a combination that I would suggest to anyone. I mean, it's the it's it's pretty miserable. The links both that apologists will go to and critics will go to to be angry or defensive of Andy Kennedy. Yeah, so we've got a couple segments here. Okay. I haven't done segments in a while. I used to have Cuck of the Week. Now we're Yeah, gonna, it's a little We're gonna call we're gonna call it a... Oh sh don't bring it. Trying to so there's plenty of message boards that uh still are pumping sunshine. Uh-huh. I guess we'll call them the uh 
I don't know, the Pollyanna Award of the Week. That's, that's fine. Yeah, we can go with that until something until we get something better. Uh, we'll we'll do that. I like it. Oh, uh, homers of the week. Man, I had something. Yeah. How about, how about, uh, how about clueless Homer of the week award? Yeah. Denial of the week. I like, I like clueless Homer because they truly well, are clueless. If they, they still think that that does kind of embody the fan base clueless Homer of the week. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, what you, what you the got? Ole, the Ole Miss spirit mm-hmm. had an article about how Jason, allegedly Jason Jones was offered. Right. I heard about this. Griff's job at Auburn after McGriff took his job at Ole Miss. Right. Which is silly. I don't think – yeah, I mean, it's silly it's if it's true and he turned it down, really. Uh, oh, d- delusional article of the week. That's what I had earlier. So, clueless well, that's good. I, I mean, okay, so also I should say before before you continue – the clueless Homer of the week and the Ole Miss spirit kind of redundant. I mean, they could inter- you could interchange them with each other when it comes to coverage of Ole Miss. Yeah, that's really maybe we should just have, call it the call, spirit. Yeah, call it the Ole Miss spirit award. But to 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 cut down on inside references in case we have uh, someone listening for the first time in the future, let's stick with clueless Homer. I like it. Clueless we- Homer of the week. Yeah, Jason Jones said it was a great decision to stay at Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze is a great man. Blah blah blah. I'm saying that he's a bad guy, but like, no, me neither. But I, I don't know. If, I don't, if anybody thinks that Freeze is coaching another game at Ole Miss, I have no idea what. You're yeah, well, I mean, if you think Unless, that that's the most likely outcome, you're truly not paying attention. It's that's Unless a it's a narrow I, chance. Can you imagine if he coaches like in September and then they get to like an October COI and like just I mean that would. That would be something to watch. Yeah. He gets like, I just, God. I mean, you actually might happen. What? You there, John? Yeah, I'm here. What What might happen? Might have. Uh, no, you're good. Take your time. I'll say, uh, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I only heard about this article. I didn't actually read it. But I, I think in addition to talking about Jason Jones turning down an Auburn job, I, they also talked about how, I mean, it, it was reported on that Matt Luke turned down Muschamp at South Carolina to be his OL coach. But, I mean, that one to me makes more sense because Matt Luke has been the name floated most often as a potential interim head coach if Freeze was to get fired before the season. So Matt Luke turning down an SEC job doesn't necessarily give me confidence that uh, Freeze is going to get off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I get – okay, that's sorry. I lost my train of thought. Back, I'm back on track now. No, you're good. I was thinking that, you know, right after this whole – right after the hostage video, looking at it going, mm-hmm. surely – they are going to take, and basically they're going to figure out they have to just to cut ties with Freeze in order to. I would, yeah, I thought so too. I thought that that was the the logical yeah, I, conclusion. I think the negotiation window's passed now. The more I think about it, I think they're all in, and they're yeah. about to. They're going to bust so hard. I, I think so. I think so. I mean, I, I, I so I. Obviously, we could learn more about Ole Miss's defense strategy between now and the COI, but if you made me guess at this point, it seems like Ole Miss is going to go all in on trying to dis- discredit Leo Lewis. The NCAA is going to present whatever cor- corroborating evidence they have for Lewis's claims, and it's basically going to be a wash, and they're going to say, okay, we don't really care, 
Ole Miss. Uh, the evidence says you're lying, or doesn't doesn't say you're lying, but the evidence kind of speaks to his credibility in and of itself. Uh, the charges remain, and Ole Miss is going to go down saying the whole time, this is a witch hunt, uh, there's nothing to this, it's it's all fictional, um, and he simply is not going to care. That's That seems like the way this is all headed right now. I mean, I, th- I feel like they had to come up with a sequel for the movie Thank You for Smoking. And like that shit, cause thank it's you. Like, thank you for investigating. Yeah, thank you for donating with the Bjork or whatever. Because <laughs> cigarette cigarettes don't kill you, and then Old Miss is gonna get off of these allegations. I, it still it still blows my mind that there's so many of the fan base that will not acknowledge the fact that even if even if this all goes away tomorrow, they already got their Asses handed to him because they lost two recruiting classes. Well, they lost a recruiting, at least you know, one and a half recruiting classes because of this. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously that's true. I mean, to me, one of the crazy, the craziest part is probably that there are still old Miss fans that are trying to blame all of this on Tyner and Ball, two old Miss employees that work in the compliance office that have been villainized throughout the process. And hell, I mean, they might have a point that the compliance department is being more proactive than others in the, uh, in the SEC maybe. I have no idea if that's true or not. But I will tell you, you don't get to where Ole Miss is right now because of a couple of compliance office employees. The compliance office employees didn't give Leo Lewis a burner phone. They didn't tell the booster to text Barney after he made a payment. Uh, they didn't tell the Rebel Rags owner to allegedly uh, you know, give illegal merchandise to Kobe Jones and Leo Lewis. I mean... To, to still be deflecting that hard at this point is is just kind of sad to behold, honestly. And obviously all the stuff I just cited is alleged, but the the speed this train is moving and every indication we've gotten from Ole Miss does not give me confidence that they're going to mount any sort of a, a comprehensive or competent defense. This could be the worst defense. I mean... Arguably the worst performance. I mean, Trump's performance in the first debate, first presidential debate, was just mind-bogglingly awful. Um, this this could probably tie. This would probably be worse than that if I had to guess today. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's not good, obviously. But we've uh, we've been saying that for a while, so it's. it's Nothing really new this week on the NCAA or anything like that. Um, pulling up my bracket, John. Uh, you you had me worried. I, I I I was avoiding looking at it all weekend because I, I didn't watch many of the games, so it wasn't like I was I was following closely and cheering for my picks or whatever, which is fun. I mean, that's the benefit of having a bracket is you get someone to cheer for in all these games, but. Uh, I was scared to open it. Open it this morning at work. Surprised that uh, as of now, still in the 85th percentile, similar to yourself, I believe. But uh, I, I'm destined for lots of death and destruction since my national champion is Duke, who did lose to South Carolina last night. But hey, big congrats to Frank Martin and the uh, Gamecocks making the conference look good. Make it all Miss look good. If you remember the uh, last regular series game, Ole Miss beat them in the pavilion. So bravo. 
Um, got a friend, a South Carolina fan, and he was beyond pumped last night. I can only imagine how good that would feel. I can only imagine how good it would feel to get to the NCAA tournament. I remember it from the last couple times. But um, you know what I saw in the photos of the day section of the Wall Street Journal this morning? What's that? Confederate flag being demonstrated outside yeah. of that arena. So yeah, it's true. But I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what that proves. Hmm. <laughs> what? What's your? What's your? What's your take on that? It was it was hoisted by a activist who believes in a Southern pride and heritage. I would say. I mean, do you think that's why South Carolina won? Is that what you're getting at? Something like that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think it's funny and, and interesting uh, that Duke had to play South Carolina in South Carolina. Uh, most likely because of Pat McCrory's uh, transgender bathroom law that uh, the NCAA said they weren't going to have any official events in North Carolina. So it was funny seeing uh, sports people on Twitter asking if if maybe this would be the final straw. It's a very unpopular bill, but uh, anything that causes Duke to lose, especially in South Carolina. I want you to guess who's on this stage. What stage? I am no, I'm like this is like a half ass podcast. I apologize. Is this a golf thing? I'm not gonna be able to guess any golf people. Well no, but there's so we had we had Tom Herman and Matt Brown. Yeah, okay, got that. So is it so fo- is it more other, is it more football another, coaches? Name another Texas like football person. It's, it's but, definitely and, and this is someone who wears visors, so it's gotta be him, Kevin Sumlin. No, no, this Dang, is all University UT. Guess it's supposed to be like a UT Austin booster thing they're having. So where is the tournament? Is the tournament in Austin? It's, it's in Austin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in it's in Austin. Okay, Colt well, McCoy's up there right sense. now. Oh, Colt, classic. He works. They're gonna put. I mean, where's Vince Young and where's Ricky Williams? Colt works for uh, ESPN now, doesn't he? Does he? I think oh. he does. I think he does. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, you want to talk about your bracket, John? You're, you're doing we're we're doing similarly well, huh? How's your final four Eighth looking? Fifth percentile, like all day until the end, like Duke losing and all that kind of. That's uh, is your final four intact? Is it? I should know this. Yeah. I think I have the highest PPR left in the uh, Delta Psi group. Hang on here. There you go. That's solid. I do. The group is doing terrible. Yeah, I, I, I am okay the for group. now, but my future is has no chance. McDermott is ninth out of twelve. I just want to point that out. Well, I mean, is anyone surprised? This is this this is like, uh, yeah. I mean, not not surprising. Ryan, great guy, uh, passionate about lots of things, including at time sports. But I wouldn't call him an expert. Um, I think last time I said this, he uh, he angrily texted in well while surprisingly listening thanks for listening ryan dude i had duke in the final four i said i I am a sports expert i had duke as my national champion so i feel your pain Ooh, that sucks frank martin whipped you not ideal i did one of the uh one of those like start over with the sweet 16 things today i got south carolina riding the wave into the final four i mean why not right that's just a piss that's just a spite decision there i got already much arizona still intact no, nah, but I, I really do think South Carolina could beat Baylor, though. I've got my entire Elite Eight except for Duke and Tack. So that's I, I, I strongly believe South Carolina could beat Baylor and the winner of Florida-Wisconsin. I believe it. Call me crazy. Yeah. I think they're solid. Yeah, they, 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 play the they play good defense. They play good defense. 
Um, let's see. Louisville. You know, my Michigan theory, they would flame out because they made a run in the Big Ten tournament. Turns out that was bullshit. Yeah, dude, that's what you get. Um, I got yeah. to buy Elite Eight. I put Florida State in the Sweet 16 out of my – I typically hate Florida State, but I was like, you know what, whatever. What do they do? They got just throttled by Xavier. So Yeah, same here. I, uh, I got for burned Western, for that. It was Q, but you didn't execute. Uh, I had Villanova in the Sweet 16, and they moved, them losing to Florida, so I missed that. Duke is my biggest whiff right yeah, now. Yeah. Me, me too, them. obviously. Creighton, not great either. Um, they, they lost to URI, which you, you called that, didn't you, John? I want to say you did. Did I? I don't know if you put it in your bracket, but you said it was possible on the last show. What did I say was possible? URI beating Creighton. I think I picked that. Did I pick that? That's a pretty good pick if you did. It's an 11-6 upset. No, I picked Creighton. Yeah. Uh, But you got Oregon going deep, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's still alive. Um we we picked that Middle Tennessee upset over Minnesota pretty well. They won by nine. Uh, I mean, yeah, most of my first round went well. I think I only missed like four or five games, but uh, the second round just pretty much destroyed my the future of my bracket. So, welcome to March. This is March, John. This is March. This is March. This so. is March. Uh, so let's see. Who do you who do you got in these Sweet Sixteen games? Let's 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 breeze through them real quick. You got Wisconsin, Florida. That's uh, uh, Florida. I think Mike White's rolling just to, just to support the Kennedy haters. You know, battle you of the give... battle of the funny white funny looking white guys there with Kenyon Kenyon Drake. Baylor, uh, South Carolina. Like I so said, I had, I had SMU and Duke in this game. I totally whipped this little yeah piece of... yeah. Uh, Baylor just is no exceptions, hateable in every sport at this point. Yes. So, yes. South Carolina, yes, I have Huggy Bear in the Elite Eight, so give me West Virginia. I like that. I think I picked that as well. Not super impressed by Gonzaga, but we'll see. Uh, uh Arizona is my national title winner, so yeah, I, can keep I think in my uh, my redo, I picked Arizona to win it all, so let's hope for that. Um, I pick Kansas. Still gonna ride them. Why not? It's Kansas uh, or, or Oregon, Michigan. You got to go with Oregon there, but I think it I should Oregon, be. A decent I have Oregon game. in the final four. Yeah, Rhode so, Island was damn close to beating them last night. Yeah, three point win there, and I, I, you were texting me. You were nervous. I know. Yeah. Uh, so what happened? What happened in this uh, Arkansas game? I saw. Did you, I don't know if you saw it. I saw a lot of people talking about. It, but I just, our, Arkansas was whining, and I was right. Just, I, I saw that, but I have no idea why. I figured business as usual. So yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty whiny fan base. But I, I don't know. I think there was something to do with the officiating there. I have no idea. But they lost by seven, so I don't know. It had to have been a bad call with like three minutes left or something. Who knows? Um. So UNC Butler, I mean, probably UNC in that one, huh? Yeah, and then Kentucky. I got Kentucky in the Final Four and so That's that that's potentially the best game of the Sweet Sixteen, though. UCLA Kentucky, don't you think? I mean, those are two uh, really athletic teams. Yeah, so, so this is in Memphis. So you're yeah, looking at yeah, it's in Memphis. Carolina in, in the FedEx Forum. Yeah. That's, I mean that's kind of I mean putting Kentucky you're you're putting them closer to Memphis. Than yeah, that's gonna be a huge Carolina, all Kentucky can crowd. You, can you fly direct? I guess Charlotte to Memphis, but oh for sure because Charlotte's a American hub, right? Charlotte's an American. hub. I don't know. Can you fly from Raleigh Durham to? Or uh, I don't know. 
But I mean, really... UNC basketball is also a national brand, so I mean, I'm sure that that should be a really good, well attended game. That'll be a very well attended game. Assuming yeah. Kentucky beats UCLA, yeah. Yep. Um, should be should be a good time in Memphis. Uh, good for Kentucky fans; they don't get enough breaks. Thank God that uh that game's close to Kentucky for them. Um, I had to play at Indianapolis, but woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, John. What else is going on in the sports world? Spring training. Spring training's underway. Uh, can't glean too much about teams from that, but some some individual players really looking good. I was just looking earlier how well Glybar Torres doing for the Yankees. That one hurts uh, since the Cubs traded him to get a to get Chapman for half a season. But I mean, they did win the whole thing. So hard to complain about what, any move complaining about a move to get Chapman. After I'm just saying whole... Torres is going to be an all-star. He's going to be really, so, really good. But Hey, I mean, first Moises, who was a good player. He never won a title for the Cubs. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're right, but you're right. But, and I, I guess I shouldn't complain. The Cubs still have, uh, I, I think Torres is a catcher and they have Contreras. So they'll be okay. Um, I think Addison Russell looked very strong in spring training, looking for a big season out of the shortstop from Chicago. Chapman went back to the Yankees. Yes, I believe so. Like the the, million was that what the the number was? I'm not sure, but I I think the Cubs were kind of happy to uh to part ways with him once it became clear that they were going to be able to sign for five years and eighty six million. I mean, that is what a deal for a wife beater. Who the hell? Who the what what reliever gets eighty? Because it used to I mean the Papelbon got like fifty million a few years ago, and that was looked at as a terrible deal. Well, so. especially since it broke his brain, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, but but if there's any closer that could warrant that, just from their one inning of the game impact, I mean, Chapman's got to be up there. He's as dominant as they as they come. But like I said, I think the Cubs are. Kind of happy to have Wade Davis uh, for next season. Probably less emotional baggage and uh, you know mental stuff they have to put up with with him. I don't think Chapman and, and Joe Madden really got along, especially the way Chapman was used in the World Series. Kind of ran counter to his preference, which is the, the just the one inning thing. Um, yeah. I think the Cubs are happy to have Wade Davis, especially since they were able to trade Solaire for him. I mean. Solaire showed flashes, but he never really put it together in Chicago. So it seems like a good deal for the Cubs. Um, how the how the Rangers looking at spring training, John? I've paid zero attention. I think uh, I think uh, Rugi hit a home run or something the other day. I saw that. Uh, oh no 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 no! Here's what it was. I remember now. It was in the World Baseball Classic, and he had like a a masterful bat flip on a ball that went off the wall for a single. Rookie, it was, it was awesome. on a showboat. Yeah, on a single. It was it was tight. I loved it. He's got, got a good overhand right as well. well I mean, but... talking about talking about showboating in the World Baseball Classic. I don't know if you saw uh, Cubs second baseman Javi Baez playing for Puerto Rico. I believe uh, they on the last basically uh, they had a caught stealing to end the game. And when the throw was about over the pitcher's mound, halfway to second, Baez was pointing at the catcher, smiling and looking, like before he applied the tag in the game. It was it was about as swaggy as it gets. But I mean, that's that's what you gotta love about international baseball players, right? So you you Darvish is a free agent after this year, huh? 
I remember when he signed a six-year contract. So wow. No, I know. Time, time, uh, uh, time, like keeps up on you. This year, what'd you say? Interesting to see what the Rangers do this year. What's the uh? Is uh? Let me. I'm trying to pull up the Rangers rotation here. I went to a Rangers game last year. Loved it. Great stadium. Really cool. Uh, Arlington. You know, it is what it is. But it was cool. Uh, who's the? Is it uh? Is Hamels the ace? Is, was he injured last year? Or am I misremembering that? Hamels and Darvish are the two top guys. I mean, however you want to look yeah. at it. I mean, yeah. Um. But the the Rangers have a lot of a lot of young guys too. They got Luke Roy for catcher. That's legit. How, is Beltre? How close is Beltre to retiring? Beltre signed a two year extension last year. I think he's got one more year after this. Projected lineup is Carlos Gomez. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a I'm a cargo fan. Two Beltre Napoli's back apparently. There's a cleanup. Okay. There's some solid some solid pieces here up there. Odor Jonathan Lucroy is back there another game another year. Great, uh, great Mazda- defensive Mazzara, catcher. Andrews profile. I mean, that should be. Pretty I mean, Mazzara, good. Mazzara is one of those guys with a huge upside, right? He's he's a future. Yeah, yeah. Profile is slugger. too. Yeah. it's a good lineup. It's and solid. Hamels, Darvish, Perez, Griffin, Dillon. Okay, Dillon. AJ Griffin. Okay. Solid. I, I don't really know uh, anything about Rangers division, but, but I think it's a solid. Solid squad. Hopefully, Odor is going to punch some more people. Yeah, that's the that's always the hope with with that team. Oh, let's see. Uh, I don't know, John. You got anything else you want to talk about this week? That's pretty much it. I like how our show follows like pretty rigid criteria and guidelines. Like we start with me asking you how you're doing. A lot of times, we'll hit on the weather move through some old Miss topics, and I, I think we invariably end with, with oh. me being like, oh, you got anything else you want to say, John? And then you say no, and then we end it. It's, I think people probably like that predictability, don't you think? Yeah, we've got our structure down, so. We do, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time every week to, to, to join us. Uh, we hope it's not, not too repetitive for you. If you got any ideas for uh, for the show, hit me up on Twitter, at SharksAFTRDark. Did you go to the – Patterson wedding? I didn't. I, I I missed it. It's not only a great time though. I mean, great guys, yeah. great people, in New Orleans. I feel like a ten percent shot. They, they we'll, we'll we'll give a shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Chris Patterson. Yeah, congratulations, guys. Mazel tov. I doubt they hear this, but I'm sure their friends will. And uh, as always, the best best wishes to the happy couple. Yeah. Um, as I was saying. We got, a, we got a website, LandsharksAfterDark.com, email address, I think is LandsharksAfterDark at gmail.com. So if you got any ideas for the show, you want to be a guest, you got any hot, juicy goss, that, uh, any, any tips, you want to send, send it our way. Um, we'll, we'll protect your anonymity, don't worry. Yeah, we'll protect it all the sources here on the show. Um, but uh, I think for now, that's probably going to do it. Um, thanks again for listening, folks. For John, I'm Justin. We'll talk to you next week.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.